Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Do we get a second chance at love? Today, we're going to talk to somebody who dealt with the death of a spouse and the feelings that she'd never find someone else. Hi, I'm Alicia Rye. And I'm Sarah Wendell. Welcome to Love Struck Daily, where we deliver a true love story to your eardrums each and every weekday. Now, I want to give a heads up. In this episode, we are going to be mentioning suicide. Grief is a big topic, isn't it, Alicia? A big topic. I think, I think weren't you the one who told me about how grief is just love in a heavy coat? Yes, someone told me that. Grief is just love in a heavy coat. And I, I fully agree with that. And one thing I have learned as I have aged and I have experienced loss is that talking about death makes people very, very uncomfortable and no one is exactly sure how to do it. Yeah, very much so. Like it, yeah. it is an awkward subject for a lot of people, which is odd because we all kind of have to deal with loss at some point. Tell me about someone that you have lost that you loved. You know, I lost my father when I was very young. I was about 15 or 16. And then you know, it, it was hard. It was hard, but I was also very young. And I do think, I don't know, if maybe it was just my family or something because I also had two younger siblings. So I couldn't really, I couldn't really dwell on it too much. And so it wasn't as sharp, or at least maybe I don't remember it being as sharp 
mm-hmm. and and it's faded over the years. I mean, I can talk about him now, and I, I kind of talk about him as like a distant figure in my life, mm-hmm. um, where it's still like painful. But I think I think the greater pain is like what I lost out on after that. Yeah. But I lost my grandmother a few years ago, and that was really difficult for me. And I don't know if I've fully even recovered from that. And I think part of that is because she lived with us growing up. So she really was, after my father passed away, my second parent. That's a part of it. And she would have been 100 this year. But, you know, she she was um, a lovely woman. I'm honored to have had her for that time I had her. But it, it was quite hard. And I think I think parental loss is is something that, you know, they tell you, like, you're going, you will probably, you know, your parents will not outlive you. And it's still very hard when it happens. Yeah. I have gone through a lot of different losses in my life. But recently, I lost someone who was a friend, mm. who was like the first person I had dinner with when we moved here. She said, Oh, you're local. We have to meet in person now. And like I'm I'm clenching my hand to keep from crying. I still go by restaurants where we were having like three hour brunches. And I and I think I miss you. I miss you all the time. Yeah. And I think with grief, what's hard is knowing that you're carrying that alone, right? Like mm-hmm. your memories with that other person, they belong to you now. So they're they're sacred and they're important. But you miss them, right? And yeah, yeah, you do. I'm going to grab a tissue. Hang on just yeah, a please second. Do. <laughs> Today, we are so honored to invite guest Brittany Perrine onto the show. She suffered through years of grief after losing her husband to suicide before eventually meeting the second love of her life in a widow-widower support group. We received an email from Brittany with her story, and we just loved it, and we loved her, and we couldn't wait to bring her on the show. So please welcome Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Welcome. Hi. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It is. So you wrote wrote into the show, which is very exciting for us because we are excited whenever anybody writes in. It's that such is a so thrill. exciting to me. I know. We're like, oh my gosh, you got mail. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Thank you. I've been following like the website and then your the Smart Bitches podcast. And then obviously I've been reading Alicia's books for a while. Oh, oh. romance fans are the best yeah, people, really. right, Alicia? Truly the best humans. <laughs> Brittany, we're here to talk about you and your many loves of your lives. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about you met your first husband in college, right? We just always had a good chemistry or connection. He um, had gorgeous, curly, long red hair, which I mean, I, I have red hair too, but like his was even longer than mine. It was just so pretty. And we were together. For like a few years and we got married and after grad school. And unfortunately, how long were you married before you, before he passed away? We were only married for a year or two. Oh. Um, and then he passed away in November of 2011. Oh. So um, he passed away from suicide. So I'm going to plug American Foundation for Suicide Prevention because uh, they had a lot of great resources because it was just so hard to lose somebody. And there's a lot of things that you don't realize, like money stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, not to mention the trauma and everything of it all, but um, they had a lot of great resources. And even now I um, do the suicide prevention walk every year 
and we raise money for them. That's really great. Yeah. I, I've noticed whenever, you know, somebody passes away, it's very uncomfortable for sometimes for people to talk about it with you. Like when you talk to them, it's, it's hard oh, for them to engage with you. It is like, yes, they don't know what people don't know what to say. Yeah. And so, and I was one, two, six, I oh, think. So young. At the time. Yeah. So it was like, I don't know. It was like nobody else I knew had gone through that experience. I mean, some people are in their 20s and married and stuff, but like a lot of my friends, some of them were still dating and living the fun single life. And I'm like going to funeral and figuring out like where ashes are going and how to get this mail to stop coming in this name and like stuff like that. So people don't really know what to do or what to say. How did you find people basically who did, who did kind of help you and support you? I. Uh, was like I had said something randomly on Facebook I had posted it was like elephant journal had something about loss or grief and I mm. commented and another uh person commented she's like you know what I lost my spouse too and I get it and she added me to this Facebook group called wine and dry shampoo because when you're grieving um you don't shower very often <laughs> What a great name. Wine and dry shampoo is the most perfect title because the minute you say it, you know exactly what's going on. And a lot of the grief groups are like, oh, it happened for a reason. And like a bunch of like frou-frou nonsense. That's like, you just like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Get out of here. And so like, these were people who like totally got it. And they're like, yeah, we're going to cry and scream and yell and drink and, you know, count how long it's been since we showered or. What about, um, I know a couple of my cousins, they lost their husbands pretty young and immediately, almost like within a year, people were already like haranguing them to go out and start dating, you know, sometimes before Mm -hmm. they were ready. And then once they were ready, it was like another discussion that everybody had an opinion on. How did you find, how did you find that? Because you were very young, you were 27. Uh, How did you find dating after, after that? And, and, you know, when did you start feeling like you were able to do that? With that, like loss, after a while, after I'd gotten over the initial shock of it and kind of stabilized a little bit, I just felt like like life is just so short. It really mm. stuck with me how short it really was. And I just didn't want to be like sitting at home being sad and not living my life. And that and I knew that like my husband wouldn't have wanted me to do that either. Right. So I I was like I'm going to try and be like a normal 20 something. That's what I was trying to do. And mm-hmm. I and I, I did it. I did it. Did you find that people reacted a certain way when you were out on these dates and you said like, oh yeah, I'm a widow? Did what like what were their reactions? I didn't tell people all the time right up front. I, I guess I varied it. Um sometimes I would just to see, hmm, is this gonna be a long term something? Mm-hmm. And so I would like put it out there. Like I remember there was this one. One man I went on and he was a, I remember he was like a, a doctor, like a resident and he was working in the ER for with kids oh. and he was handsome. And I was like, well, this guy is like, you know, could be, <laughs> he seemed really nice. There wasn't a ton of chemistry, but I, 
so we were at dinner on a on like our second or third date and I was like you know I'm just gonna tell him so I like dropped it into the conversation mm-hmm. that about you know um if I were I think it was like if I were ever to write a book I would write about how I lost my first husband. Mm. And so he like completely ignored and pretended that I didn't really say anything. Oh no. And like, yeah, it was like, it was like, I hadn't said that at all. And then he made a comment, something like just immediately changed the topic. And I was like, okay. So, um, and we never went on another date. Can't say that I blame you. Good heavens. (laughs) Like, yep. Okay, not not gonna work out. Wow, but this does have a happy ending. I'll assure everybody. You met your now husband Eric. Can you tell us a little bit yes. about how you met him? Oh yes, he was he was in the same group, wine and dry shampoo. Which he had lost his wife, his uh, first wife, early to breast cancer. That's terrible. It was a tough. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was hard for him, obviously, and. So he had like seen me post things in the group. And so, uh, you know, we kind of see each other's comments and things. But then eventually he's and I was like complaining about dating and how terrible it is. And (laughs) it's hard. It's really hard. It's very hard no matter what. Yes, it is. Yeah. Especially, especially in this situation, people don't get it. Like one guy I I was dating, this one was like a longer term relationship. Mm -hmm. And he felt like he was competing with my husband. Hmm. Like, I don't know how. Like, I tried to tell him, like, you already won because you're alive. So (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) So you posted about this and Eric commiserated yeah. with you a little bit. He, like, he sent me a private message. He said, you know what? I can take care of you. Uh... <laughs> they were very suggestive messages. Wow. <laughs> um, they were. And, That's okay. That's okay. But, and then I, and I cleared them. I was like, okay. And, and so, but like somehow this, this evolved into more, right? Like it evolved into longer conversations. It, it was, I mean, it, it was, um, it became more long-term dating. Uh, mm-hmm. He lived in Minnesota and I am in Missouri. So mm-hmm. it was like, how is this even going to work? But we, um, we just kept talking and we would have, you know, the long conversations and then we would text each other all day. And then we could also talk about like the hard days, like the anniversaries um, of losing our person, the wedding. There's so many dates that get all this significance. The day that we lose the person, our wedding date, the first date. So like Eric has those dates from his first marriage tattooed on him and he has several tattoos commemorating his first wife oh so seven one for each year that they were together they were together for seven years that's beautiful and what what's really beautiful is that you understand and you're not jealous of this like this is not something that causes you insecurity yeah yes when I told one of my friends I was like oh I'm dating this guy he's really great but you know and this is how I met him and then I told them about the tattoos. They were like, mm, I don't know. Are you sure about this guy, Brittany? They they were really questioning it. And I was like, no. I mean, like, that was, you know, he loved her. And he's always yeah. going to love her. And so much pushes this there's only one true love narrative, which is not true. Mm-hmm. Especially when you accept and acknowledge the grief that other people carry. Yes. 
you know, that's part of who they are. You have to accept that part too and not just like give it radio silence like that other person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you got married how long after your first official date? Oh my gosh. It, we got married like eight months after (laughs) of dating. When you know, you know. He, He was the first one. He was like, I love you. Like, he moved down to be with me. So um, mm. we moved to Missouri and we went to the courthouse and we got married at the courthouse. And then in 2020, we had a baby girl Aww. named Rhiannon. Oh, I love <laughs> I that name. <laughs> we had both read The Right Swipe oh. and... Y- yes. Get out. Yes. Really? Oh my gosh. Yes. Wait, did did the right swipe? He, did you get the name from there? Yeah, he had read ah. the white right swipe when we were like traveling by audiobook, and I had read it before and recommended it to him. Get out. And so then I'm like pregnant. We made all these lists of names and would rule out each other's names. Like I have my journal is full of all of these like top five names. We narrowed it down to our top five, and then. None of, I don't know, we hadn't decided and I'm laying in bed and I'm pregnant and I'm reading um, First Comes Like <laughs> and Rhiannon shows up and I'm like, Rhiannon! Get out! That makes me so happy. I can't believe that. That is really nice. I'm so happy that, I, you know, yeah. something I wrote could inspire your baby's yes. name. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I'm sure she's beautiful. <laughs> She is. She she got my red hair. Aww. And so she's like my little mini me. And she's going to be a little hellion to raise. Mm-hmm. When you when you think about your daughter growing up, what advice would you give her when she's in her late teens, early 20s? So one of my something that one of my friends in in our group, Wine and Dry Shampoo, told me <laughs> is chase happiness because I was so hesitant about dating someone that I'd never met in mm-hmm. real life. And, you know, ha- like I was just nervous about taking that leap because it was a leap of faith for sure. And so maybe I would tell her that, but also caveat, be safe, please. Yeah. <laughs> be safe. Chase happiness. But be safe, please. Maybe be be a little cautious, but, yes. but be brave. Like, be smart. <laughs> Also, go chase happiness because life is short, and we de- we all deserve happiness. Mm, yeah. You know, whatever that means, and maybe it's one's love story for one person. Maybe it's multiple, and it's all going to look different for different people. Yeah, yeah, very much agree with that. This has been so interesting, and and I just we wish you all the best. Like, thank you so much for emailing us and, and coming on and talking to us. Where can people find you, or are there any other resources you want to share? You know, uh, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Mm-hmm. We um, do. They, they have walks all over the country. At when they, if you're like on a college campus, they have the Out of the Darkness walk. Yes, that they do. Right. Yeah, and they're just a great organization, and their goal is to like zero suicide and just mm-hmm. eliminate suicide, which is a great goal. Wonderful. Thank you so much, and thank you for thank you for writing in to tell us I I can't tell you how honored I am that you would listen to the show and then be like I want to talk to you guys that is the biggest gift thank you it is such a gift yes thank you for having me 
If you are struggling with feelings of suicide or suicidal ideation, please reach out. There is so much help for you. Not only is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, there's also the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You can call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. And you can always text HELLO to 741741, which is the crisis text line. But you are not alone and there is help for you. Sarah, that was such a beautiful story, and I am so honored personally that I could play a tiny, tiny part in it, in their love story. And, and in You their named happy- a baby. I named a baby. You named a baby. Was that a thing <laughs> you ever expect to happen as an author? No. Uh, no, never, ever, ever. And I, it's just such a, it's always nice. You know, we do such solitary work sometimes that we forget that people read our words after they go out in the world. I was stunned. The, the woman was too stunned to speak. It was, it was quite crazy. <laughs> it's quite wild. Sarah, what is your love to go from this episode? Because I, I feel like I have so many, but what's yours for, for people to take away from them? I was really struck by Brittany saying, pursue happiness. I think that's such a valuable, valuable thing, especially because we receive so many messages about what we should want, what we should do, Mm -hmm. what you should be thinking or doing at a time in your life. And everyone's happiness is their own compass. So pursue happiness. Yeah, I love that. That's lovely. Brittany reached out to us via email with her story, and we'd love to feature yours as well. Please send an email to lovestruckdaily at frolic.media if you have a love story to share or any questions or thoughts. And please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at lovestruckdaily. Leave a review, subscribe, and like our show just to spread the word. We would love to bring more happiness to more listeners. Our researcher is Jesse Epstein. Our editor is Jen Jacobs. We are produced by Abigail Steckler and Little Scorpion Studios and Jillian Davis with executive producer Frolic Media. This is an iHeartRadio podcast. We wish you a very happily ever after, whether it's your first happy ending or your second or your third. with you.